Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 7 of The Virtual Pub, the perfect podcast for those who miss going to the pub in this particular pandemic. Picking pricks, sharing some good news and rounding things off with a pub quiz, all while having a couple of pints. Because we can't go to the pub right now, so where are we going to bring the pub? To you. You. To you. So badly timed, but I will accept it. And let's go around the table and let's see how everybody's been doing. Thorpe, what are you drinking and how's your week been? My week's been amazing because I finally started playing Animal Crossing. Nice. Apart from not getting any iron nuggets, it's been great. (laughs) And that's literally all I've done all week, minus the usual crap. And this week I'm drinking a German lager beer i'm not quite sure what it is because the whole can's in german but it's called festi beer and you got a free stein with it so the glass is actually bigger than my face it is very nice (laughs) because it is brewed in germany so i don't know if anyone knows anything german beer but they have a lot they actually have laws about brewing beer and so it's much it could be the cheapest chart they sell but it's still better than carling i did buy a crate of carlsberg cans this week but it was 18 for a tenner. How could you not? Exactly. Nice. Tesco. So I got the card <laughs> points and all. Moving swiftly on, Lindsay, I assume that you are drinking one of those. And not tell us actually. about you. Oh, you're not. What are you drinking? I'm still going through my last thing, of course. I will get there and I'll move on to rum or something or some cocktails. Because I. <laughs> the obligatory care. cause is shit. Cause is shit. <laughs> I shit. Um, how my week has been a bit of a roller coaster, right? So, okay, me and Joey finished all the Marvel films, hadn't seen them for some reason, and we finished all the Star Wars films, and we finished Parks and Recreation. We got to the person on Reddit for the, the download of this the quarantine special. I love you, you're a gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was the good stuff. It's been a, quite an emotional roller coaster for anyone who has watched, obviously. Infinity War and Endgame, etc., etc. Then a lot of bad stuff happened too. Those of you that are my friends would have seen my recent Facebook post about Taco Bell being back open. I fucking love Taco Bell, right? Who doesn't? Fucking love it. So I ordered one, and I don't know if this is. It can't just be me. They sent me something different to what I ordered, and I know this is very first world problems of me. This is not the first time this has happened in the past six weeks. Varying stages of company size as well. But I mean, you kind of, when you put special instructions or say, oh, I want this instead of this, and, or just when you order things, you don't always expect it to come how you want it. When you order from Domino's, damn well want exactly what you ordered, not something different. And then when you ring them up, you don't want them to go, oh, no, that store's closed. Why did I just get a delivery from you? To stay on your website, you're open till 3 a.m. And then just say, oh, you can have a voucher for a free side to use in the next month. Nah, fuck <laughs> off, mate. Nah, that is not what I want. No. In fact, I've had more success with the littler ones than I have had with big companies. And it's not just like they're forgetting to take the mail off my burger because I don't like it. It's like, I'm going to order this specific thing and you're going to send me something completely different. Uh, I know everyone's busy, but I work in the very similar industry. And no matter how busy it is at my bar, there could be freaking 100 people in there and just me serving. But if I make someone's drink wrong, i got to replace it or I give it for them free or I 
I've got to get things right. It doesn't matter how busy you are. I'm yeah. sorry. That's my first world problem, Ran. I'm very... If it makes you feel any better, I ordered Taco Bell uh, last week. It was absolutely perfect and nothing was wrong with it at all. But goodness, no. <laughs> Here's the thing, right, as well. Insult to injury, mine has always been fine. It's Joey's. And he's a picky eater as well, isn't he? Yeah. yeah so it's not, not like... Yeah, but everything got... that Taco Bell sells is brown, so he should be fine with all of it. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't, he doesn't like the main stuff, so he doesn't like spice. He's like proper. You remember what, how you imagine white people and they just melt whenever you put pepper on something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I ordered um, like desserts for him, and mm. they sent us. I ordered like the chocadilla thing because he likes wraps, he likes chocolate, he's going to like that. So what they sent us is weird ass things that were like, you remember the, the salt and vinegar spirals you used to get? Yeah, yeah. So, right. Yeah. We got we, when I ordered Taco Bell, they were like, "Yeah, you get a free gift." It was a fucking basically like cinnamon crisps. They were fucking off. That's what we hmm. got instead of a chocadilla. What person in their right mind would give that? In fact, See, we got... ordered chocadilla and churros, and they sent us these fucking cinnamon crisps, and they were fucking horrible. They, they were not nice. <laughs> like well, I got them for free, and I was still disappointed. You do realize mm. in a few minutes we're going to get into the pick a prick segment, and we're going to get to Lindsay, and she's going to be like, "Can we talk about Taco Bell again?" <laughs> no, right. It's fine. I will. I will just. I mean, that, that's just. There, I would, would like to say big up to simply pizza and chicken. But not only having options on everything, saying, "Do you want sauce? Do you want salad? No salad. No this. No this." And actually obeying every single special instruction I've ever given them. Is that and paying and is being that nice? The, is that the one at the top of the hill near Canning Circus? Cities. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they got super still in their font. I, I, I don't give a shit. They are consistently the best shit takeaway pizza in Nottingham. I like for ten years. I ordered for them, and I probably never had never had a bad one. If everyone really? could just be a little bit more like simply pizza and chicken, the world would be a better place. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is how long I've been away from Nottingham. I didn't even realise you guys had a Taco Bell. There we go. <laughs> I'm on my second loyalty card, man. <laughs> I hate Taco Bell. Am I the only person here that hates Taco Bell? Oh, don't, don't, <laughs> don't, wave, don't wave the red towel at her. I've just had it every time. The only good thing they did were them chicken nacho things. They did a few months, like last year or something. Apart from that, the only thing I've had, it's either not tasted right or give me the shits. Everything gives you the shits, man. That's just, that's just Mexican poo, mate. Fucking beer, mate, as well. well, I hope you're enjoying listening to the podcast here, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, we've got some <laughs> I mean, interesting conversation going on here. Yeah. <laughs> I think my rant's I... over now, I can breathe again. So, Lindsay's story reminds me, um, I was doing a board game night with my mates, and well, with you lot actually. And yeah, I got a takeaway from a barbecue place in Nottingham, which I won't name. And I asked for a beef brisket sandwich, and I got the beef and I got all the toppings, I just didn't get the bread slices on either side. And it's like, I don't know how you manage to fuck up a sandwich that badly that you forget the bread. Carbs, mate. To be fair, yeah, cu- yeah cutting carbs. I, I, can, I can't fault them on giving me that decision because I know I'm a bit podgy at the moment. But I hope that takeaways don't judge me for my choices. I have a, a friend who works at a barbecue place in Nottingham. He did send his apologies, but I'm really craving one of those said things from said barbecue, unnamed barbecue joint. But I'm not going <laughs> to one until I know he's working so I can message him and be like, mate, Make sure my order is exactly how I've said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to tap up. I'll have to tap you up to give him some good threats, so that he makes sure he gets my order right. 
It's all right. I've already said um, a bombs for burgers deal when Mojo reopens. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I meant Jaeger bombs. <laughs> I love how you clarify that, Jesus. <laughs> Quickly before you get accused of domestic terrorism, Moody, how's your week been and what are you drinking? Uh, I, can't, I, I don't know how I can follow this. On 15 minute rant, we're going to uh, edit the podcast. <laughs> My week's been good. Um, yeah, no, it's been good. It's been busy, uh, out, out and about and a lot. Um, we were talking about this a little bit before we came on air, but um, if I, if I'm one person anecdotally, uh, Leicestershire has decided the lockdown's over. It's getting a lot busier. There's a lot more people out. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few days and how people respond to that. Um, drink wise, I am on. I've I've upgraded. So I've previously been drinking Hobgoblin, uh, but I saw it advertised and I'm now on King Goblin because you can now buy King Goblin or in cans from Tesco's, which is a bit of a game changer. Ooh. King Goblin is the like Hobgoblin reserve. It's 6.6%. Um, you can buy four cans of it in Tesco's for £5.50, which I went through and did the math and worked out that that, is, that price would actually be illegal in Scotland. Because there's so much alcohol in it, it would fall down the minimum unit price. <laughs> so well done, Tesco UK. Um, although I'm guessing it's more expensive in Scotland, or they're just not selling it. Um, but yeah, yeah, week's been good. Uh, weather's nice again. I haven't got a rant yet. <laughs> <laughs> I love the well, little addendum towards the end, like. <laughs> I'm also uh, glad sure. to know that you're not the only person. I'm, I'm not the only one going around Tesco to find out what the best deal is on things. I, I, ironically, <laughs> I actually, even though I now walk through the store a minimum of twice a day when I'm working, and that, I'm, I'm working some hours, five days a week. So I'm walking through that shop a minimum, absolute minimum of 10 times a week. And realistically, because of the various quirks of the job, it's more like 20 times a week. Um, and I found out about it through Facebook targeted advertising. So um, I didn't know about it until I saw that. And, and then at the end of my shift today, I was like, I'm going to the beer aisle. And I found it. Dolby, tell us about your week and what you're drinking. As far as what I'm drinking, uh, not, not wine like last week, but I'm sure everyone watched the live stream. We're very glad to know. Um, I'm on um, a rated Lidl's alcohol aisle, as I do quite regularly. And I've got, they've released um, some craft cider, which is actually quite nice. So I've got, uh, a cloudy apple craft cider from Lidl and I've also got some alcoholic ginger beer in the fridge as well. I uh, get my weekly six barrels. Ezra, hello. Thank you again if you're listening. Uh, shop, but I drank it yesterday. So I'm on the Lidl beer today. Um, in terms of the week, it's been pretty good. Um, I I think I'm just mastering lockdown. I think I'm pretty good at it, to be honest. I, you'll be all glad to know that I watched a fucking terrible film this week. Oh. Hey. Um, I watched a uh, Freddy Got Fingered, which I believe is has a reputation of being one of the worst films ever made, uh, <laughs> and, I can see, and, I can see, and I can see why uh, it's shy. <laughs> um, don't bother watching it. it don't waste time. Um, <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine if you were like fourteen, fifteen, watching that movie? It was great when it first oh, came out. Yeah, but no, it was American Pie, and look how that turned out. Yeah, I know, but. This is worse than all of those put together. Like it's just nonsense. Like, but to balance it out, I have now started watching Game of Thrones. I've never like watched the first two seasons years ago, like when they first came out, and then never really bothered. But now I've watched. I'm on. I've watched like two seasons in four days, and I'm on 
yeah, at the start of season six. No, I kind of get it now. I don't see why people enjoyed it so much. I realise I'm a bit late to the party. And after years of saying it's basically just that show, The Raven from CBBC, but with more tits in it. Um, <laughs> I realise now that I was possibly sort of being a bit harsh on it and I'm really, really invested Wrong. in it. But I'm now getting all the jokes and the memes and why people hated Joffrey and all that stuff. It makes sense now. That probably means you're only a few episodes behind where I am and I'm watching it at a much slower pace. I'm towards the end of season six. And I do enjoy it. I think the problem I've got is that I've obviously heard so much hype about it over so many years that it it can't possibly live up to those expectations. So I'm kind of watching it and enjoying it, but also thinking, oh, is this is this really worth going absolutely crazy over? But I do enjoy it. What is yeah? Don't worry, Moody. It's all downhill after season. The uh, (laughs) the episode is at home, hard home, home hard. Episode in season five. Where Jon Snow's fighting the Night King and all the soldiers. Spoiler alert! Ah, oh, fine. I'll be. I'll be nicer. The the last scene of that episode, which everyone knows what I'm fucking talking about. I lost my shit when that happened. Like, because yeah. <laughs> like, oh. a friend, a couple of friends, like, this is the best episode of the show. It's fucking amazing. Like, it peaks at this episode, and then when that thing happened at the end, I fucking lost my mind. I got so excited, and I then immediately took back everything. I messaged a few people, and I was like. Yeah, I'm really sorry for slacking this show off. I get it now. It's fucking amazing. But everyone said, yeah, it gets downhill really, really quickly after you finish season six. Jason, how, what are you drinking and how's your week been? Ah, well, I'm drinking Budweiser, uh, the cheapest bulk beer that I could find in Morrison's. And my week was okay. It's um, starting to also, like you said, get the hang of this um, lockdown business. Same as Ben, I've been playing a shit ton of Animal Crossing, but I'm a little bit further on. I'm on the turnip grind, trading as if I'm the wolf of fucking Wall Street. And also as a bit of a fun distraction, I found a browser game that I play while working. It's called Clicking Bad. So it's basically like a browser-based stat version of Breaking Bad. You watch your money kind of counting up in the background on the tab. And you essentially run your own meth empire and make millions. And I know to some, I'll appreciate that you probably all think this is like a really shit kind of game because it's it's not anything special. There's no graphics to it. It's basically like a spreadsheet that will just keep automatically refreshing. But it's that kind of good thing that you can just dive back into and just click on every now and again and like buy a DEA agent's loyalty to like sell some extra meth to people. And yeah, it just makes a pretty good reprieve from doing the tasks at work. And in terms of what I've been watching, I've still grinding my way through Parks and Recreation and me and the missus are just quoting so much from Parks and Rec around the flat and yeah, I just do combat roles all over the place now, so that's my week. <laughs> I mean, if you like the sound of that game that he's playing, but fancy it being a little more cute, there's one very similar called Penguin Isle. <laughs> <laughs> I know this one. <laughs> Which I have sunk my teeth into and I'm... it is basically it's a tycoon game in it. Every time uh, you tap on a penguin it honks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Last but not least, we have a guest on this week's show. Um I first of, <laughs> I first of all knew him as that guy that Moody knows, but as we all got to know him. Uh so everyone knows everybody for at least a little bit of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really decent guy. Give it up, everybody, round of applause for Chris Athy. I don't really feel like I'm a guest because I've known you all for years. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> How's your week been and what are you drinking, mate? 
Uh, yeah, so I'm drinking a scotch. Very which cool. scotch? Can I ask? Can I ask which scotch? I have uh, Ballantines. Good choice. Moment. I'm not really Solid. a. Uh, I, uh, it's quite a, scotch gets quite expensive, right? This is kind of a everyday kind of go to. I'm not working at the moment, but uh, what I did was I made a bit of a rule. Uh, I kind of said uh, I wasn't going to buy any new games or anything. I was going to go back and finish uh, games that I've already got, maybe started and not finished. So uh, I finished up uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, And then I went back to, now I'm currently playing Skyrim. And then on my Switch, I'm also playing uh, uh, Mario Odyssey. So just kind of interchangeably going between those at the moment. And then on TV, I'm currently smashing through uh, Modern Family with a girlfriend. So we're up to season eight at the moment. Uh, Would you you rate Modern Family? Because I've heard heard really mixed things. Yeah, so we're on season eight at the moment. The early episodes are really, really good. Like solid, strong, make you laugh. And then it kind of starts, goes downhill a bit. And I've got, I think I'm at that. And I've overdosed on it a little bit because we really have gone through it quite quickly. I'm determined to get to the end because I think it finished this year, right? So I need to try and get yeah, to Season the end. 10 was the last one, I think. So, yeah. I've, I've not watched all of them, but I, like, I, I think it's one of those um, comfort food type tv shows that fee likes to watch so i see quite a few episodes and i never get through an entire episode without laughing out loud at least once every episode even the bad ones have got one or two fantastic jokes in just so. they're really quite wholesome and quite nice yes. as well there's always yeah, like a, yeah. it's kind of a bit like a disney show where it's like there's a little wholesome message at the end about loving each other and family and friends and it's kind of it just wraps it up quite nicely yeah we're also watching uh the wire as well so that's something i watched like when it was on and i would arguably rate that as one of the greatest shows ever girlfriend's not seen it so it's kind of cool to watch it again but it gets a bit full on if you watch that kind of like as a, as a binge so it's kind of nice to mm. kind of watch maybe one of those and then go back over to modern family so yeah nice so yeah that's all of us introduced so join us after the break as we pick a prick Welcome back, and it is time to pick a prick. It's time, time to pick a prick. Pick a prick. This is everybody's favourite segment of the week where we get to have a good old bitch about somebody or something in the news of the week. And first off, we kick it with Moody. So, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly a bit close to the sun this week. Um... This might end up costing me my job. Who knows? Let's find out. Um, so I've been doing Tesco deliveries for about three weeks now. Um, and one of the things that you keep getting told by customers when you go to deliver to them is that they're finding it really, really difficult to actually get a delivery slot. So I've used Tesco delivery in the past. You can usually go on, pick a delivery time. You can pick your one hour window, all good. When this, even before the lockdown happened, just when kind of the supermarkets became 
uncomfortable places to be, a lot of people went online. So suddenly, within the space of a couple of days, you go on the app, the Tesco app for booking your, your deliveries and um, you couldn't get anything. Like there wasn't any slots and you can usually book them up to three weeks in advance. Yeah. So speaking to a lot of customers and they're like, yeah, I was really pleased I could get this slot and, you know, I'm glad to get my shopping delivered because you've obviously got people that are self-isolating. You've got older people that are more nervous about going out and going to the shops, which obviously totally understand. So I was out um, last Thursday and I shan't give any more detail than that because I don't want this to obviously be traced back. Um, but it kind of left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth when I pulled up for one of my deliveries and realised that the person that I was delivering to, who, for the record, it was their first online delivery. They'd not ordered from Tesco before. Hmm. So they got this delivery slot and their entire order was 15 individual cans of beer. <sighs> that was it. Fuck's sake. Ugh. No bread, no milk, no anything. Just, you know, oh, I know I'm going to create an account with Tesco's so I can order 15 cans of beer. I'm more angry about this one than the other family that I, I didn't actually deliver it myself. I had to load the van for it. They'd ordered like eight crates, like four crates of Bex and four crates of Budweiser. And that's kind of makes me think, you know, are you really using it for the right thing? But at least you're getting a decent amount of stuff delivered. But when there are so few slots available, occupying that one slot just to order a, just over a dozen beers for yourself. I mean, look, if you're self, it may, maybe he was self-isolated. Maybe he couldn't leave the house. Maybe I'm giving him, I wasn't going to even use agenda because I didn't want to narrow it down, but whatever. Maybe I'm giving him a bad rap where I don't, deserve to but god you must have some friend or family that's willing to go to the offie in the nearest village and get you a 12 pack of carling and just make do with it times are different at the moment it annoyed me yeah it, yeah, understandable. it annoyed me as well like fucking hell, I mean, like individual as well yeah individual cans as well it's like because what it's if, if it's your basket's like less than 25 quid you've got to pay an extra four pound or something if that's right so he's obviously done all these separate individual ones to get the delivery free Instead yeah they were all i mean they were all, they were all they were all craft type beers so uh from the, you know the ipas and the and the, and the individual breweries so i don't think you had the option to order them as multi-packs um and i and i and i think to be fair by the time he put all of them in, it had probably taken him over the minimum order. Um, yeah. That's kind of beside the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How is he, he probably... Uh, go on, Chris, you go first then, Lindsay. Yeah, as I say, power to you, Moody, for not like saying anything. I would have done. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? You've got to kind of, you got to kind of bite your lip and it's... the. If it if it was that much of a problem, it should have been cut off beforehand. Uh, that's kind of the view I had to take on it. Um, yeah, it's just, it, 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 it was a tough one. I just had to kind of bite my lip. This this was incidentally uh, uh, the, the delivery was on a Thursday evening, and shortly after that, I happened to pull up to someone's house at seven fifty nine p.m. So that was a surreal experience. Unloading somebody's shopping whilst everyone around me was standing in their driveways 
with a, giving a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> you should have gone, yeah, I'm a key worker. They were clapping for you, man. Taking that bow. Yeah, I, I, ironically, the chap that I was actually delivering to kind of said, and he was joking, mate. He says, I'm not clapping for you, mate. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know what, actually? Can I, I want to request a delivery from you, and I'm going to purposely go and applaud you. I am clapping. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Do you think it'd be so... one of those like awkward moments where it's like, it looks like somebody's waving at you, but they're waving to the person behind you, and you're there just being clapped at, like, why, thank you. But it's like, not clapping for you, Bell End. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's, a, no, there's a nurse walking past. <laughs> yeah. You say, I mean, you say that, uh, and obviously, I'm quite new to this, but some of the guys on the team have been there for years, and they're saying it is a very surreal time to be doing the job because you do get, as you're driving along, some people do wave and kind of you know, half salute or what, and you're like, well, are they looking at someone else? Are they looking at me? It's, <laughs> it, it, it's a weird job to be doing. Um, and, yeah, you take know... Take it all in, play. take it all in. Yeah, please, please to... Uh, be playing my part, but it does feel weird when people are kind of waving at you on the street. You think, you know, as you say, you think there must be someone behind you, but it's a pretty big van, so they'd probably be waiting to wave. Yeah, I'm going to really confuse key workers when this is all over and just clap at them driving by. And they're like, what the <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck? <laughs> Walk into the off-licence. <laughs> when, when, when we're out of this coronavirus thing, are we still going to be clapping for doctors and nurses and stuff? Because I, I would argue that they deserve more credit even when it's not a pandemic. Yeah, exactly. I agree. God, with that knows they're not going to be, God knows they're not going to be financially compensated for their work. So here we go. We're about to go down a rabbit hole yeah. here. Jay, 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 pick a brick. Cool. So <laughs> um, I know we've been trying to avoid it getting political, but I'm going to get slightly political and pick Matt Hancock. So when do we ever not get political? True, true. And I'm on the show. Like, <laughs> so, um, Normally, there's a lot that I would bash your toys about, whether it's the slow response to this crisis. In fact, the news came out today that scientists across the globe have condemned the government's complacency around it, not hitting their own testing goals, and then artificially inflating their own testing numbers by including tests that have been posted but not returned, some of which, some people have said, have actually come without return envelopes so they can't actually get results. This time, however... That's not the road I'm going down. I'll leave that to the far more verbally eloquent people in different podcasts than myself. This is about something different. And this is about something that happened in Parliament on Monday. And if you're listening to this at a different time, this will be on Monday the 4th of May. Shadow Health Men- Shadow Mental Health Secretary, sorry, Dr. Rosanna Allen Khan was questioning my in Parliament. And here is what she said. The testing strategy has been non-existent. Community testing was scrapped. Mass testing was slow to roll out and testing figures are now being manipulated. Does the Secretary of State commit to a minimum of 100,000 tests each day going forward? And does the Secretary of State acknowledge that many frontline workers feel that the government's lack of testing has cost lives and is responsible for many families being unnecessarily torn apart in grief? So, before I continue... I will ask everybody now, 
did any of that sound in any way impolite or rude? Nope. Nope. I was just stating facts. Cool. So his response starts with the standard gubbins where they always say in Parliament stuff stuff like, I welcome the Honourable Lady to Parliament and all of that jazz and as part of the Shadow Health team. But then it continues. I think she might do well to take a leaf out of the Shadow Secretary of State's book in terms of tone. Now, this definitely rubbed me up the wrong way because it's the parliamentary equivalent of quiet the men are talking. Like, you absolute sexist arsehole. I'm not saying I'm unbiased in my critique here, because full transparency, I am a Labour member and had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Rosina at the Hustings in Nottingham a few months back, but I'm willing to put money on the fact that he or many other members in Parliament would not have reacted in the same way if it was a man talking. And it's that subtle yet brutal everyday inequality. A man interrogates detail, he's right to ask that question, as Boris said in Prime Minister's questions today. But a woman does so and her tone's wrong or she's getting a little worked up. Whatever you choose to say, it's bullshit. She's brought up a valid point. Answer the question just the same as you would any other male politician, you absolute prick. I can't really add anything to that, to be honest. Yeah, you did it pretty well. And of course, they've started to introduce a bit more testing and that's where they've brought in this track and trace app. Yeah, so it's one of the reasons we invited Chris to join us on the podcast. Um, I saw something that he posted on Facebook the other day, and for a bit of background, Chris does a lot of uh, freelance work programming in a number of languages. Um, For anyone that's on Windows 10 and has ever used Paint 3D, Chris was a big part of the team that brought that to fruition and launched it. So he's got a lot of experience in a lot of different areas, but... Also, whenever I talk to Chris about technology-related things, he's got this great ability to take something that's very, very complicated and explain it in a way that I just understand, even if I don't know a lot about the subject matter. So I thought in terms of this app, because I've, I don't know about you guys, but I've read quite a lot around, you know, this is what the app's going to do and this is how it's going to work, but it doesn't give any detail as to whether actually is it going to work and also i think to address an underlying concern is it safe and i know chris you've kind of looked into it over the last few days and have kind of got a a bit of insight on um dare i say some of the frailties or fallibilities of of what they've created so yeah it'd be be good to kind of hear what what you've been looking into Uh, yeah so uh with this app that uh the, the whole purpose of it is to kind of do contact tracing, right? So uh, if you, the idea is that you walk around uh, your city or your where you live and you pass people and it kind of, tra- who are also using the app. And the idea behind it is that it kind of registers who you've kind of been in contact with. And then if one of those people who you've been in contact with over a given time uh, contracts the virus, what it will do is it will push a notification to you to say, hey, by the way, um, someone who you passed uh, two days ago, they've got the virus. Um, you were near enough whereby that's a potential risk. So you might want to get yourself checked out or just be prepared for, you know, developing symptoms and stuff. Oh, so, so, uh, yeah. Sorry, it's kind of, you know, like when the D, when the 3DS first came out and you could have it on and you walk past people who had their DS on and you could like became friends and stuff. 
bingo. That's exactly the same. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did. Um, I'm yeah. with you. <laughs> and um, it's 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 not, but the way it's different to that though is that um, you get the notification as soon as you've walked past the person. I think that's how the Nintendo DS works. This just kind of collects the data over time. And right. then um, if someone a week later happens to contract the virus, then you get notified, not who, because it's supposed to be anonymous, um, but it just says, hey, you, you, may, you may be a risk, so you might want to like uh, go to doctors or whatever, right? So there's uh, a couple of ways. Uh, say we were all together you know, on a tech team and we were going to build the app. There's, uh, there's a couple of ways you can do that uh, that could do this kind of thing. There's kind of what we call kind of centralized apps and like decentralized. So... Um, from a centralized perspective, it, it takes the data. So you walk out, walk around, collects all the data, and that gets pushed to a, uh, a server somewhere on the internet uh, as is done. That's it. It's kind of finished. And the idea behind that is, is that your data is pushed somewhere else where an expert can look at it and give you um, some advice, right? Um, from a more decentralized perspective, the user, you as a user, you're more in control of the data. So you pick and choose who can see what, what's being shared, where is it going. And there's no kind of intervention from a third party. So it doesn't get pushed anywhere else unless you kind of want it to. Uh, the way other countries are tackling this problem is they've gone down the more decentralized route. When we, when we make an app, there's two things you can do. You can either use uh, what we call an API to access stuff on the phone that the companies have given you. Um, or you can do it yourself, right? So great example is when you, so you have two different apps from two different companies, uh, but the buttons look the same. Uh, that's probably because the developer of that app has used the button control provided by Apple, right? Yeah. So uh, that kind of makes sense. So uh, Apple actually made a, a change to their API um, a few months ago where they added a, what, they, what they've called an exposure notification. So as part of the, the kit to make an app with, there's now a, uh, a virus tracking system built in. They put this uh, capability into their app package so that a developer can tap into that to use it as part of their app. Uh, that takes part, that that's a decentralized approach using that API. Um, a change they made later on because of privacy concerns was that a developer who uses that is not allowed to tie location data to it. So if you use this API that Apple and Google have given you, you're not allowed to tie uh, the, the location as to where that data has come from. If you try to, you submit the app to Google or Apple to put in the app store, they'll reject it straight away and just say, nope, sorry, you can't do that. So to put that into layman's terms, if yeah. what you're basically saying is if I walk past you in the street yeah. and then later in the week you develop coronavirus symptoms and you report that, yeah. that, that API is going to allow is going to allow the system to know that we have come into contact yeah. However, it doesn't know where we it doesn't know whether we've come into contact in the street, in somebody's home, in a pub that shouldn't be open. It just knows Correct. we've come into contact. Right. Okay, I get it. Nobody okay. nobody knows. It's purely anonymous, and that's the whole point of it. Is it's anonymous, you don't know, but it's but the app is doing the job. It's letting yeah. you know that we've walked mm. past each other. How that happened, who knows, right? Cool. No one's yeah, supposed to know. Right. The other change that they made, uh, Google and Apple, was that if you have an app that uses this functionality, they've limited it to one per country, or if you're in America, one per state. 
So this uh, this functionality is purely for governments to use, right? Like, so me and you can't write an app that does this. If we tried yeah. and submitted it to Apple, they'd reject it straight away. That's mm. also great because it limits the number of apps that are using it. You know, they went through a big flush of clearing out all the all the COVID-related apps from the app stores because people were downloading and paying for them, thinking that they were, you know, they were dressed up to be government apps and they weren't. So you know that if you go to the app store and you download one of these apps, you know it's going to be legit, right? Yeah. 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 The other benefit is, is that because Google and Apple have written the, the way that it works, um, it ties more directly into the phone because obviously Apple make, make, make iPhones, right? So the fact that they're giving you this, this way of doing it, it's more tightly integrated into the hardware. So it's more reliable. So if you so basically... An, like an, an Apple app rather than... Exactly. Like... Good example. If you turn on your iPhone, uh, one of the things the clock app does is the, the, the second timer ticks around, right? No yeah. other app yeah. can do that. Apple's app can do that because it's an Apple app, right? They've, they can do what they want because it's their phone. To put that into the perspective of this, they've written a, a way of writing a virus tracker app that they're giving to governments to use that ties more, it's more tightly into the devices. And that's an important point later. If we were to write an app this way and do all this anonymous stuff, the data mm -hmm. it collects purposely is kept anonymous and everyone's health data is, is safe in commas, right? So that's great. So what our app does, or the app that we're about to get, completely trashes all of that, uses none of it, absolutely none of it. So what our government has done is our COVID app, they've basically written it themselves. So they've attempted to write an app uh, that does exactly what Google and Apple have already done but do it themselves. And the reason why they've done that is because it bypasses the data security stuff and means that all the data that's collected is stored on a government server. They say that it's anonymous, right? They say that, it's, that the way they're doing it is anonymous, but you look at the way that the government have, have written their, the way, the way that the code works in the, in, in the UK government app compared to other countries, and it's two completely different kettle of fish, right? Our government has taken a route, they said, right, we're, we're doing it ourselves. We're not using what Apple and Google have created. We're going to go our own road. We're going to collect the data. We're going to keep it all on our own servers. We're doing that. The problem is, is that if you uh, write an app yourself, you don't get that level of hardware integration that you would if you use the Apple and Google APIs, right? Yeah. So it, it means that Google, so like, like we were saying with the clock face, you know, writing kind of like, more low level stuff if you like it now means that because the government want to have uh our data on a government server somewhere they now need to write everything themselves and they're also limited by that because they don't have that tight integration like google and apple do so what they've come up with is their uh, uh, their own way in a limited sandbox if you like of the way that this app works so let's just pretend for whatever reason that we're happy for the government to do whatever they want right Let's pretend that, okay, it's a pandemic, people are dying, you know, that's kind of important. Yep. But we'll just let them do what they want and we'll just use their app because, you know, people's lives are at stake. If they're going to do their own, if they're going to do their own, there's, there's got to be a good enough reason for it, right? Our app has to work flawlessly. If Google yeah. and Apple have already done it and, they, and it works really, really well from what I've read, if the, our government have gone a different road, our app has to be better, right? I think that's a fair assumption to make. Yeah. Yeah. The I same agree. or better. Yeah. The same or better, right? Well, it's not. That's the key thing. So because uh, they are writing the, our app uh, using this limited functionality, uh, it doesn't work uh, kind of in the way that you'd expect. For example, um, 
if we can call it a third-party app. The way that it works is uh, on an iPhone, an iPhone especially because an iPhone is more locked down than an Android. The example I used in the Facebook post was if I have the app installed on my phone and it's all set up, ready to go, if Dolores from Westworld has the same app on her phone in her pocket and we both hang out for a day, uh, if during that day we hang out and everything's great, but we both don't get our phones out and take it off the lock screen, it doesn't register a contact uh, because, <laughs> because, the, because the app hasn't been launched and it's not in the foreground. Um, and the reason for that is because it's been written in a way that's more locked down and it's purely in a way that's designed to get around the location stuff and have our, all the data that's collected. It's like having Pokemon Go without your location services on. It's pointless. Uh, yeah, kind of. So location services can still be on, but the the app because it's because it's behind a lock screen and your phone's on standby and in your pocket, it doesn't work. My understanding of this was that a big part of the, the benefit of having an app that everybody is going to have to install. I'd say have to install. They're going to be encouraged to install. We can't be forced to to do it in this country. We can only be encouraged. But a big part of it, the idea was going to be, it was going to tell you if you'd come into contact or in close proximity to someone that was now reporting symptoms of the virus. Sure. But I'm, I'm going to make an assumption and Chris, you're probably more knowledgeable on this than I am. So you might be able to correct me, but I'm going to make an assumption that the majority of people who use iPhones have at the very least a, uh, a passcode or um, one of those finger pattern yep. um, protections on their phones. In which case, if their phone has been not turned off, but is off and in their pocket, you're going to need to, when you turn it on, enter that passcode or finger swipe or, or whatever it might be. But what you're saying is, if your, phone's in your, if your phone screen is off and your phone's in your pocket and two people walk past each other, the phones aren't going to know that they've come into contact. Am I, am I understanding that right? Yeah, you've been, yeah, perfect. Now, there is a Ow. way, the way they... Uh, have kind of said, hey, what we've kind of come close is that because Android is um, a little a little more open to doing stuff. So from my understanding, I might have to double check, but I think the Android app does work behind the lock screen. You can have it in your pocket and it does work. But what they've okay. done is they've made, they've made the Android version. It has the ability to wake up iPhones. So if um, if there's 20 of us in a room, with our iPhones in our pockets. However, one person has an Android and they start the app, it will wake up those 20 iPhones that are in the radius. Right. So that's the kind of way they kind of said, well, it's kind of close enough. Like, you know, as long as you're, you know, as long as you're with a, within an Android, um, it, it'll work. And, and for those that aren't particularly tech savvy, um, it, I'm, I'm making an assumption here. And again, please correct me if I'm wrong. This is going to be done by a Bluetooth, is it? Yeah, all Bluetooth. So, so you've got to have your Bluetooth on. Uh, yeah, that's the same. Uh, to be fair, what, that's the same for every app. Even the even if we went down the Apple Google Road, it's all yeah, it's yeah, all Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah. Bluetooth and what about people that, for example, I know several people that um, they have obviously iPhones or Android phones, but they don't want to use mobile data, so they only ever connect to the internet via Wi-Fi. Is that is that still going to work for them or? No. So if they're not connected to the internet, even if the Bluetooth's on, it's not going to work? Yeah, actually, that's a good question. Um, to be fair, I'm not going to give you a bullshitty answer. I've not really looked into that. Um, okay. I'm not sure if it stores the the possible contacts and then bulk uploads them when you get to a Wi-Fi hotspot. Mm. Um, that might be something to look into. I haven't looked into that. 
Okay. So, just to make sure I've got this right in my head then, this is an app that they've created that works separate of the APIs that Apple and Google have in their own operating systems so that yep. they can collect their own data and store it on their own server. Yes. That's a little scary. That's the only re- that I, I tried to reason why they would have done it. Yeah. And I can't think why you wouldn't use the APIs that are given to you from Google or Apple. There is no reason to not use them whatsoever. You know, there's another argument to be said, okay, you know, Google and Apple, they're not particularly brilliant at data privacy either. But, you know, there, there's absolutely no reason. And then it gets a bit more sketchy if you dig a bit deeper, if you'd come with me on this journey. Let's so, go. Um, Strap in. They say that it's anonymous. And that's not technically a lie because what they, well, the first thing is, is that the, the way that the Google Apple apps work is that, yeah, they are all anonymous. They use, you know, you don't, they don't really collect much of anything. It uses, it uses an ID number that's kind of beamed around via Bluetooth. And then that's kind of how all the patterns are kind of matched. Hmm. But the first thing that the, the RNHS app asks is for is your postcode. So that kind of already, it's still anonymous, but postcode, is it really that anonymous? Like only limits, that limits you down to a street level, right? It's not really anonymous. Yeah. And then if you want to go a step further, uh, Matt Hancock, who was your uh, prick of the week or whatever, he, uh, he actually passed a law that said that the, um, the guys who are collecting this data, they are allowed to de-anonymize it. Wait, what? So they can okay. do basically the yeah. government term of Facebook stalking. Correct, exactly. So when they say the words, the data is collected anonymously, that's not technically a lie because it is, connected, it is collected anonymously. But what they do with it when it's on the other end, they just de-anonymize it, right? And that's not breaking any rules and they're not lying. Ooh. How does that um, so tap dodgy. into GDPR rules? Again. It's collected anonymously and it's not on paper and it's, in, it's probably in locked server rooms. Uh. And that's all GDPR is really. Yeah. If we go a step further than that, let's, this is more tin hat foil kind of territory next. And this is going to make me sound like the crazy. And that's what we like. Or, love a good conspiracy, like. mate. Go we for love it. this. So this is what I don't like. So the, the guys who won the contract uh, to develop the app, um, you know, Dominic Cummings, everyone knows him, right? Is the, Unfortunately, the yeah. guy who kind of left here. <laughs> right, so, yeah, so it's kind of his lot, basically. They, they won the contract to develop this app. So the guys who did all the tech work for the Vote Leave campaign and stuff, they're all kind of behind this. Cambridge Analytica, who are noted scumbags. Uh, no, not Cambridge Analytica. So that's uh, it, it's kind of verging on the territory of that. But they were a, they were a separate company that kind of used the data that was collected. So um, oh, okay. in fact, I can get you the names actually if you're interested. They uh, Palantir Technologies is one of them. Okay. And uh, yeah, and there's another one as well. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, they're kind of the two companies who who have been um, have been allowed access to the data. That was it. That was the key point. So this data that's collected yeah. that's supposedly anonymous, these two tech companies, one of which was behind the Vote Leave campaign, uh, they've both been given access to the data that's been collected. Another important fact was that the, uh, they've also publicly said that the data collected uh, as part of the pandemic, uh, they're going to keep and they're going to use for commas future research. Jesus. Ooh, that sounds fun. Uh... That's, yeah, so I'm so going to jump in. I've got a couple of points from this. Um, it's a good idea, obviously not the way we not the way we're doing it, but like they're having the whole app thing and using the Nintendo DS 
friend swap but not actually making friends thing you know what i'm saying it's a good idea however it probably won't affect where the people that we need to track like the elderly and the vulnerable probably don't have those kinds of phones yeah that's a fair comment so um... <laughs> and also though if you're on a windows phone you're fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> go back to hey, windows phone uh... guys <laughs> Don't bash, back to uh, don't bash Windows Phone. A funny story, segue. Uh, I helped make this Sky Sports app for Windows Phone. Oh. Um, and I uh, I made it so that uh, Nottingham Forest were always top of the Premier League whenever Sky reviewed it. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is funny because anytime anyone says to me, it's like, you know what would be a good idea for app? I say, oh, you know, my, my mate Chris develops that. Yeah, he did the Sky Sports one and made Nottingham Forest it. So I literally tell that story anytime anyone mentions they got a good idea for an app there you go, there you go. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of um dubiousness yeah i mean around this. Fair, I, I only kind of only dug around for sort of like a, a morning whenever i did that post yesterday and i kind of just thought i i don't know you know it's just too much uh too many question marks there's absolutely no reason uh why first of all we didn't develop the app using the methods that all the other countries have done. Also, there is an app called Trace Together, which I think Australia are using, which is all done the proper way. And that's ready to go. Like right now, we could release it tomorrow in this country and they're not doing it because they're choosing this way instead. Okay. That like... is, that's the absolute key point, isn't it? Is why, why when these ready to go solutions are available, are we choosing to do something else? That's kind of question one. And then everything you've said there about what could be done with the data further down the line is a, a, a really, I almost want to ask the question um, kind of on behalf of people that may be listening. And, and, and if I'm being really honest, I think probably family members of people that are involved in this podcast, because we know that we've got family that listen to this and, and perhaps some of those I'm, I'm i don't want to stereotype but i'm going to some of those older people some of those who are maybe slightly less tech savvy is to say there's going to be announcements in the next it's going to come in the next few days i think in fact this podcast drops on friday the 8th and by then we might already be being told it you know that everybody needs to download this app because it's going to help combat the spread of coronavirus and i almost want to i'm going to put you on the spot here a bit chris if that's okay you've said you're going to be impartial and that's fine but what are the reasons to download this app who, who what should you be comfortable with if you download this app does that make sense i think yeah. i can sort of answer it to a point and say for, like for data security wise if you vote and you use the nhs what exactly what more information can they get out of you depends what permissions it has on your phone because you know, yeah. certain apps will like certain apps will say, when, like it wants the ability to make and receive phone calls or access to your gallery or your social media or your internet history or whatever. So, yeah. depending on what the privacy settings the app requires, there's a lot more they can get on you. Yeah, there's a. Uh, I, obviously, I haven't actually used the app, right? So there's no way of seeing what they're going to ask. Yeah. Me. But so we'll see that when when the time comes. But there was a time uh, before, sort of data privacy and stuff was brought into the public eye. I mean, I never did this on any apps I worked on. A lot of standard practice was uh, when you installed an app, like people think free means free and it doesn't really mean free. Free means you just check a box, say, yeah, take whatever you like. And the standard practice was to take a copy of the contacts list on a phone and just upload it somewhere else and keep it. Yeah. Um, wow. And then obviously like the data laws kind of changed sort of later on. And now, now people obviously don't do that unless you let them. But yeah, it's uh, it's a big thing. And 
I, I just I just get the vibe that they're just taking advantage of it. Like they know people are going to download this app. They know that it's going to have the NHS and the UK government badge on it, even though it's owned by a private firm by Dominic Cummings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it, it just it's just a big question mark for me. Like, and I try to be impartial, right, and just look at the tech side of it. And it's I, I, I'm not going to be using it. And my advice to people is to not use it. So as I just can't see a reason why. Yeah, makes complete sense, well, mate. Speaking, yeah, speaking personally is given me more information in a way that I understand in a pretty short space of time than all of the various news headlines. So that's been really interesting. Um, I really need to wee. Okay, so <laughs> this was a BCBC segment. So I will just quickly say now, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us and translating it in such a way that even I can understand. It means a lot. And I hope it gives a lot of people a lot of things to think about in terms of the purpose of this app. Join us after the break as we get into a lightning round of good news. Welcome back. I've drunk enough beer and I'm commandeering this podcast for the next few minutes and we're going to have some good news. This week we're doing it as a lightning round. So each of us are going to have 60 seconds and I'm standing ready with a buzzer to talk about our good news stories. Nobody butting in, nobody shouting out. Let's just tell our good good news stories and then we're going to move straight on to the pub quiz and we will kick it off with you, Jay. So, my good news comes from the Washington Post. Um, the headline simply reads, This man posts a daily bad dad joke in his front yard. People groan, but they love it. Are you ready for some dad jokes, people? Of course. Hold nice. on, I have something in my shoe. I'm pretty sure it's a foot. Bob on. <laughs> <laughs> Without geometry... Life is pointless. Ba bomb. <laughs> what do you call a bear with no teeth? A gummy bear. Ba <laughs> So this guy has been working really well to entertain his entire community in the very small way. Seconds. And it's that sort of very inspirational stuff. Not really inspirational, just very heartwarming stuff that really makes me happy. Done. <laughs> Lindsay oh my news. god right oh my god it's about cats I'm gonna go on for ages uh right so uh there is a species of cat called the rusty spotted cat which is the smallest feline species on earth and in an animal sanctuary in Cornwall they've had kittens and they're so cute guys the kittens are smaller than mice mice they're like tiny tiny little things but the adults can grow up to like they're like 0.9 kilograms they're literally tiny and adorable but like they're really rare as well so there's been about like there's like 60 of them in the wild or something and the fact that there's these little kittens and they're so cute and i'm gonna make sure i put pictures and videos up because they're so adorable and everyone needs to see them but 
Oh my God. Can you imagine kittens the size of mice? Okay, I think I'm done. All right, you've still got 15 seconds, but... Okay, they look like... Oh, oh, they're just so cute. And look at their little eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so basically the same thing you just said before. Brilliant. Cool. <laughs> Go for it. Next Dolby, up. good news. Um, Parks and Recreation cast raised $3 million for the COVID-19 relief fund in America. They did a reunion show last week that they filmed over Zoom. It's hilarious. Like, if you're dodgy and can get a VPN and you can watch it online. Um, the whole cast did a rendition of 5,000 Candles in the Wind. There were cameo appearances from Perd Hapley, from John Raffio. Um, the live broadcast raised $500,000 on the night all the cast all the producers and the network all contributed the same amount between them and got but they're at three million dollars at the moment it's all gone towards a covid19 relief fund in america and it's fucking hilarious so it's definitely worth a watch and it's for a good cause so good news my good news is about a five-year-old boy who stole his parents car now it's not not as bad as it sounds um he Stole his car because his mum won't buy him a Lamborghini. So when the police <laughs> found him, <laughs> the firebody was caught going under the freeway. The police thought it was someone having a uh, suffering a, a, a emergency a medical emergency. No, it was just some kid driving a car. Now the good bit comes when his his neighbour found out about this and they gave him a ride. They, Luckily, they owned a Lamborghini, so they let him have a ride in their Lamborghini, and there is a picture of him, and it is absolutely hilarious. If you just Google it, you'll be able to see this picture. Ironically, it's good news from Daily Mail this week. Yeah. Me, good news. Right. So the good news doesn't usually talk about coronavirus-related things, and our podcast doesn't usually talk about wrestling, but fuck it, I'm breaking both of those rules. So <laughs> WWE have released charity face masks and this is totally good news and it's massively important <laughs> because you can finally wear Kane's actual face mask and justify it by stopping the spread of coronavirus and I'm definitely going to buy a Kane one and I'm also going to buy a massive John Cena one because then you can just walk around with you can't see me on your face and who <laughs> hasn't ever wanted to do that that is all you want to know. That's my good news. Job done. Dolby quiz. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hang, on, hang, on, hang on, Moody, Moody. Just need to say, are these available on a Euro shop? Yes. There you go. Eleven ninety nine <laughs> profits to charity. Buy them now. Googling. I'm googling that now. For, so, for for the quiz, for those of you that weren't listening last week, um, I'll go. I'll tell you the topic in a moment. But we had a little chat before we went live on air today, and we've realised that no one knows a single thing about the topic. So this is going to be <laughs> fucking great. Um, <laughs> so this week's topic is, boom, Hunger Games! <laughs> that was a very neat... Anyone that's seen the um, Sofia Vergara SNL sketch where she's a Hunger Games reporter will understand that. Anyone that hasn't, watch it. It's fucking hilarious. Right, so it's on the Hunger Games. This week, we're just going to follow like more of a basic quiz format, um, 10 questions, because I don't really know much about it. It was a bit more difficult for me to try and do anything too fancy, but I've tried one question. I've tried to jazz up a little bit, so we'll leave that one until a bit later on. Um, Chris, do you want to take part in the quiz? 
The Hunger, Hunger I, know nothing, I know nothing about the Hunger Games. So, no one uh, else does any of this. Crap shoot. So, um, <laughs> as usual, if you want to answer the question, say your name. If you get it wrong, you're eliminated for that question. Winner picks a topic for next week. Uh, this is going to be tragic, so everyone strap yourself in for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> question, question number one. Who is the author of the Hunger Games books? Lindsay. Lindsay. Susan Collins. Did you read that off your bookshelf? Yes, I did. <laughs> Question number two. So um, I hadn't thought this one through because this is multiple choice and it's four answers and five people in the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> How much did the whole tr- series of Hunger Games films make at the box office? A, 2.9 billion. E, three point. Yep. C. Wrong. Uh, oh. <laughs> 3.5 billion or D, 9.2 billion? Ben Thorpe. Yep. C. What was that? Did you say B? E. <laughs> e is not an answer. For fuck's sake, man. <laughs> so you had A, e, right, thought out. So now there's three people left and three possible answers. So we have A, B, and D. I said D. You said for dog. Oh, yeah, I thought you said E. Right, so no, it's not D. It's not, it's not D either. <laughs> Jason. Yep. B. No. Lindsay. Uh. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. A. <laughs> yes, it's A. 2.9 billion. <laughs> Lindsay's fucking smashing it so far. Um, question number three. What year was the first Hunger Games film released? Moody. Yep. 2013. Wrong. Lindsay. Yep. 2011. Wrong. Chris, 2012. Yeah, 2012, Chris, on the (laughs) number. Question number four. In the Hunger Games, what name is given to the kids selected to compete in the games? Lindsay. That was just, just Moody, I think. Tributes. Tributes is right. Yeah. So one They're for not Chris. the greatest in the world. This one is for Chris. One for Moody, two for Lindsay. <laughs> uh, question number five. What district number is Katniss a tribute for in the Moody. Lindsay. That was Moody first. Twelve. Twelve is right. Moody and Lindsay yeah. tied for the lead. Ooh. Are we going to have another week of a pick- quiz picked by Lindsay that she does not win? <laughs> 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 the events of the... Hunger Games The Mockingjay take place directly after which edition of The Hunger Games? Lindsay. Yep. Catch a fire. I mean, that... What? No. The events of Mockingjay take place after which edition? Moody. Moody, yep. This is in my head, and if it's right, I have no idea how. 127th. Incorrect. No, no. Oh. Oh, I know it. I know it as well. Ben Thorpe. Ben Thorpe. The 74th. No. No, it's not. <laughs> Chris and Jay? Uh, no idea, mate. Can I, I will go... I'll take no point. Uh, Wait, I'll have Jay a gamble gets... and say 94th. Incorrect. Lindsay, what's the answer? It's the quarter quell. It's 70, yeah, the 75th. Yeah, it's the quarter quell. Uh, it's 25 years of the quarter quell where the rules yeah, are different. It's the quarter quell. Well, eh? <laughs> so, announced in April this year, 
there's going to be a fourth film in the series. It's going to be a prequel. What's it going to be called? Oh, shit. Um, ben fuck. Ben Thorpe, yep. The Birth of Katniss. Incorrect. It's Good not. try, though. Good it's try. His parents having a sex tape. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyone else have a guess? Oh, I know it, but I don't know it. One night in District 12. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh. Five, not five four, I know what it's about. Three, two. One night in Donald Sutherland. The answer <laughs> is a ballad of songbirds and snakes. <sighs> Question number nine. Sorry, wasn't... Question number nine. Which rock star who released the singles Are You Gonna Go My Way and Fly Away Lindsay. appears in the. Lindsay, yep. Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz, that means Lindsay is on three points. And if Moody doesn't get the last question right, Lindsay is one. Come on, Moody. So, the first. So, oh no, we've got two questions left, so he's still got a chance. Um, The first Hunger Games movie was nominated for eight awards at that year's MTV Movie Awards. They weren't, they didn't really do well in most, in mainstream award ceremonies. How many of those eight awards did it win? Moody. Yep. Three. Incorrect. Well, just a guess. Lindsay. Ben Thorpe. Lindsay, yep. Six. Incorrect. Ben Thorpe. Zero. Zero is in- incorrect as well. Jason, five. Yep. Nope. Ah. Uh, Go on, Chris. Go on, Chris. Pick a He's number. Googling um, it. Think, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a keyboard. Hunger, <laughs> Ga- uh, Hunger Games is like uh, Hunger Games is like the coronavirus anyway, right? people barely the knew his name before it was fucking everywhere the answer, <laughs> is, the answer was four I think you should just four. Give the oh, who was one off who got three so, who picked three so we've got one question left if Moody gets this right we're going to a tie break with him and Lindsay Ooh. this is the question that I've kind of jazzed up a little bit so where we go um <laughs> This, sorry, the question just really makes you laugh. I'm going to give you a clue to the name of a character in the Hunger Games series. I'm going to need the first name and the surname. I would suggest waiting until you've heard all the clue. So, the first name is the same name as a famous mother in Coronation Street and the surname of a band that told us that Ohio is for lovers but without the heights. Get, uh, Lindsay. <laughs> Yep. Gail Hawthorne. <laughs> Gail Hawthorne is correct. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You so <laughs> Oh yeah, like I had to put a fucking massive emo question in the quiz. Um, so Lindsay is our winner. She's actually so Lindsay's actually won a quiz that she nominated. Congratulations. Two but we are not we are gonna miss out on bonus audio of Angry Lindsay, which everyone will be sad about. <laughs> I did it. I saw it. I did it at the beginning. So uh, Lindsay, what is your topic for next week's quiz? Oh, what's look at my bookshelf? What else have we got? Christmas <laughs> choice. Uh, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Let's go for the whole so spectrum. The Jurassic. Do you want Jurassic World included in that or not? Yeah, let's do the whole lot. The Jurassic Saga. Yeah. Oh, oh, I like it. Ooh. The Jurassic. 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 I can't. Jurassic. So, thank you all so much for listening. Great quiz there, Dolby. And if you would like to support what we do, please do go ahead and support us by subscribing to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Stitcher Radio now more recently, iHeartRadio. Basically, if you Google search the Virtual Pub Podcast, you'll find us on there. 
and you'll see a new episode every single Friday at 5 p.m. And if you'd like to follow us, you can find us at the Virtual Pub PC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you'd like to support us live, if you're watching us on Twitch, hi. You can go ahead and follow the channel and drop us a sub. Bye-bye, little Sebastian. Nice. You're like 5,000 candles in the wind. <laughs> nice, nice. Welcome. You can find me at Mr. Jason England on Twitter and Instagram. Ben, where can they find you? You can find me at Ben's Face on Instagram and... Uh, I'll name it now. Cool. Lindsay? <laughs> you can find me at Kazzy B on Instagram and Twitter. And Dolby? Get me at Unlikely Dan on Instagram and Twitter. Um, send me any quiz questions about Jurassic Park. If they can include obscure 2000 emo bands, then even better. <laughs> <laughs> Big round of applause. Thanks to Chris for joining us for the show today. Yes. <laughs> Chris and we wrap up with some can some music from an unsigned artist named Ishani. Um, this is very different to the kind of music that has been recently. Like I know we've been putting up a lot of like rock and indie music recently, but this is some pretty dank trip hop with soulful lyrics and instrumentation. Here is her song "Unkind Vibrations." Take care, everyone, and I'll see you all next week. Peace. Bye. Bye. I can't Anybody else want to say bye? Don't. We miss you in the saddest way. Bye bye, little Sebastian. You're like 5,000 candles in the wind. This is my reality. This is my reality. This is my reality. Darkness follows my demeanor, demons eager for morality I make music to relax, yeah my therapist is cool